0: Hi, kids. Space Ghost here. You are barking a happy tune with my new best
1: friends on The Bite. Hello, hello, all you wonderful listeners. My name is Zach Sexton, and I thank you for tuning in to Byte's brand new esports podcast. We are the metagame. On this podcast, we gather people to come and discuss, rather than the uh, week by week kind of scores and statistics, we're going to discuss the industry itself. Um, From here on, I am welcomed or I'm joined by two wonderful individuals. Um, On my left, I have one of my closest friends, my brother from an Asian mother, Mr. Adam Vang,
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah.
1: And on my right, <laughs> I have a new friend of mine. He's kind of the esports man himself, Mr. Uh, Chase Nuclear Nukem. <laughs> nice. Um today we're gonna talk about the history. We're gonna talk about where it came from, you know? Um esports is huge. It's new, it's kind of like I don't know, it's like the big kid on the playground. It's almost <laughs> becoming a sport. Like I mean it's an esport, but in the same vein, it's like in a coliseum where people are like thousands of people are watching. It's huge. So let me ask you guys, why do you guys like eSports?
0: Oh, shoot. You want
1: to go first? Where, did, where um, did it come from? Where did you come Like, yeah. why did you get into I'll it?
2: I'll go ahead and go first. So eSports for me started, I don't even know what age, but I, fir- I was first introduced to eSports not as a sport, of course, since it's so new, but more as just, like, really complex gaming where gaming was taken seriously and people actually enjoyed it and got together and played together and competed against each other. So, mm-hmm. for me, it started with Counter-Strike Source, where I just watched my uncles and cousins play it, and they were amazing, extremely skilled players. They are prepping, and they kept training for I don't even know what. And then, all of a sudden, esports became a thing in yeah. the past few years. So, right. that's where I got into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What about you, Chase?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just find it crazy that like esports just like exploded out of nowhere. Right? Like I was like, here I was, this little like plebeian console player, just like... <laughs> playing Call of Duty, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're competing for this. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Uh, but no, that's that's where I started. Um, uh, growing up, I didn't really have uh, internet until like yeah. I was like 16, so I was one of those kids that like went to Halo parties and played Halo with friends. Mm-hmm. That was about it, but um, I guess it really started for me, uh, I started gaming in a clan when I was 16 called Chaos Gaming, nice. and uh, uh, me and a bunch of friends were in that and I went we, it was like a really really good structured system you like mm. had rank 1 through 12 12 being the president oh, it's yeah, really that's cool. a good way to do it yeah it was really cool and then uh so it went from there to uh we left that and then we w- started our own thing called Exodus Gaming and there was like this uh-huh. was we went from a clan of like 2000 people oh, and took man. like took like we took like 600 people with us so here i was like Sixteen years old, eighth in charge, and there's like six hundred people in this clan, and I'm like,
1: "That's, That's crazy, cool. impressive, man. man." No, no, That's it's crazy. Awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's crazy. But um, so it went from that, and then we we changed names because the guy who ran it, mm-hmm. he uh, he's he's a character, but uh, he, yeah. he wanted to change names to Imperial Legion of Immortals, so we changed it to IOLI. Well, right? You know, Huge those
1: chain. people in esports, they it, just kinda like yeah. <laughs> extravagant the biggest
0: names. name ever. <laughs> yeah. It's a mouthful. Yeah. But uh so uh I guess the first like uh time that it was like introduced to me or my first um experience with it, we mm-hmm. did um small uh I think they're called CGs. We mm-hmm. just played <clears throat> we went on a website and we did scheduled matches with other teams and other uh Good. Was it through like MLG kind of style like practices? Yeah. yeah. I was in the same boat. Yeah, yeah dude. I did the same thing too, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. we did that. Uh we uh competed with like uh other clans and other gaming mm-hmm. communities and we had like different teams and styles and like I was one of the people to help put that together. That's and awesome. when when I was doing that, like I was sixteen, I was like, Oh my god,
1: what is this? This is huge. Yeah. This yeah. is beautiful. That's <laughs> the thing. It's like when we were growing up, it's like, oh, we love video games. Like oh for example, what I got into esports was when I was very little, my very first video game console was the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Now, what the Genesis had compared to a lot of other, like, I don't know, a lot of other consoles at that time was the Genesis put an emphasis on scoring. So, like, how well you performed in the game. Like, I had this uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that just was so reliant on the score, like, high scores, everything like that. My father got me this because my father in the 80s was growing up during the arcade revolution. So, we had these, like, games that were coming out that were, like, Space Invaders and, like, Pac-Man, and these huge tournaments were actually starting because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few of us have done a little research, and you, you, you guys know the title Space War, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. So Space War came out in, oh, late 60s, early 70s. The first ever, like, video game tournament was in 1972, and it was at Stanford, if I believe that was the correct university, and it was just a group of people watching people compete and see who would be the best. I remember it started out small but my dad told me in the 80s when he started doing it they would go to arcades taverns things like that and the crowds would get bigger and bigger and bigger and by like the late 80s he noticed there's like hundreds of people turning up to the arcade machines just making these ways to look so it's kind of cool because like he did that for me and then when I turned about the turn of the century like you know 21st century we started having like MLG and things like that practices like that which you've experienced and Mm -hmm. you've experienced as well and it's weird because a lot of us we get gaming from our parents, but we're also moving forward because we started these things like MLG and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I got into like, competitive gaming when I was a middle schooler. I was 14, 15, and I started doing the tournaments like you did. Yeah. My cousin and I, we were huge Gears of War and Halo fans because that was the game that kind of really launched. like Oh, yeah. This is, this is it. is Console gaming, you know? And um, we went to statewide competitions. What? Yeah, so we went to one, and it ended up being people from all over the nation. We placed 11th. What What'd you guys name yourself? Huh? We were 360 Spartans. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of those cringeworthy titles (laughs) that most esports, like, kind of teams have now.
0: I mean. I was curious, because most 14 and 15-year-olds, I imagine it was like, why, why, no scope, 360. Don't worry. I was Nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And he was Genesis.
1: So, Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. Still sounding
0: cool. It's not my name. It is. It it was very
1: cool when we were in middle school, but, you know. But it was, it was weird, because at that moment, it started dawning on me, like, you know, there's a career here. Oh, yeah. My parents didn't see it, but, like, there's a career here in professional gaming, you know? Like, do you guys remember uh, Fatality? Oh, the yeah. Gamer?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He's gone now. Like, I, mm-hmm. he makes, what,
1: equipment? But he's, uh, I think so. he was huge when we were younger, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. People were, like, lining up to buy his merchandise. They were lining up to get autographs. It was huge, but it was, like, on a table, on a table, uh It was hard to get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's kind of like uh, with now with like the Smash players. Did you hear about Zero being dethroned this past year?
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was crazy. He was
0: uh, dethroned by uh, Nairo. And like, I watched that match right after it came out because I'm on the, I'm on Reddit. I'm everywhere. But um, I was on the Super Smash Bros. Reddit and they were talking about it. And I was like, 53 matches in a row. And then out of nowhere, he's just dethroned. And I was like, this is crazy. And everyone was blowing up about it because like, now what was Mortal Kombat for us back then is like Smash now like it's gotten yeah. so big well even on
1: like like Smash we'll take that game for example yeah. Smash has been around since we were children like in oh, yeah. 64 yeah. Smash that was the thing now it's huge oh, yeah. Smash 4 and Smash Melee and Project M are massive the tournaments that to pop out for those and like the kids that are coming out for these like they're making money too and the
0: thing is exactly that they are kids they're like children i remember when i was a senior in high school we went to a best buy event it was just a small thing for like uh black ops 2 release and Mm -hmm. we were playing on black ops 1 and there was a kid that came with his two older siblings and the older siblings were like talking crap and the kid was really really quiet he was just refraining to himself we got into the semifinals, and he smashed us i mean like this kid was literally just giggling as he was running around and murdering all of us like Mm -hmm. It's child it's like children and they are dominating the scene and it's and it's crazy because Yeah. It's just nuts.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how even as college students as we are, there's even professional players that are way younger than us already. Yeah.
1: Have you guys ever heard of and my roommate showed you and me this Mr. L's, M- Mr. LZ, I don't know if it's Mr. L's or not. He's a Project M oh. Yeah, player. I don't he, think I've heard of him. He's like 14 or 15. Wow. Do you know who Hungrybox is? The player? He's just, he's like the I think he won, like, a huge tournament recently. He's one of the biggest, like, Smash Bros, like, players. He's huge on Jigglypuff. He plays, like... I've heard like of that. him. Yeah. I've yeah. heard of him. Just destroyed him. And he was, like, being cocky about it. <laughs> and he shows up at is trying his best. And this was last year. And he just wiped the floor with him. Like, crazy. And he's only, like, 14 or 15. And, and see, that's
0: the thing about this scene. Like... It's, it's open to everyone. If you think about it, basketball mm-hmm. and f- baseball and football have been around for generations. Mm-hmm. They've been around. It's, it, they're, they're old games. And this is kind of like something that our generation and the generation prior to us has developed as yeah. like a new thing. And that's why it's exploding because we're like taking this new thing and we're pushing it to the next level. For instance, um, the KESPA, the Korean Esports yeah. Administration, they just recognized uh, esports as a second level Olympic sport last year.
1: Really? So, so oh.
0: it's going to be pushing toward the Olympics here you, soon. You guys
1: think that eventually we're going to have, like, esport-like events in the Olympics? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You think so? I, so, I think so.
2: Over the years, it's just going to keep growing exponentially. And well, the,
1: the way it's handled now, let's take League of Legends, for example. Like, that's that's the biggest one, obviously. Yeah. Let's take it, for example, we got all these con- different countries that are competing to go for the world championship at the end of the year, right? It's almost like an Olympic sport in the way it's handled now. Like, we got the all-star players who everybody, like, recognizes um, – and we got certain nations that stand above the rest. So, you think in a few years that it's going to take the best players of the best countries in order to do that? Or do you think we're going to spread even more and get more countries involved? Same with like North America as a continent and Europe as a continent, we're going to have like, you, like people from the United States and people from Canada or something like that. Or you think it's going to become like kind of like centralized like it is now in certain areas? But do you think it's going to become also that and like one of the most recognized things on the Olympics? Because it's huge now.
2: I personally, I think so as well. I think, I think as it keeps growing and countries get more advanced, just technology wise, I think it's just gonna the esports scene is just gonna keep growing exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, The way technology is is like, as as countries get more advanced in technology, there's no doubt in in my mind that more countries, more areas, everywhere is just gonna
0: get more into the esports scene. Right. Yeah. And see, the thing is, last year. For the Dota Two International, mm-hmm. they made off of that tournament. The prize pool was eighteen million four hundred twenty nine thousand six hundred thirteen dollars. Right, that is more than any of our American events that we hold. That's more <laughs> than the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's crazy to yeah. think. Yeah, kids playing For like video game. games. Yeah, one game. Kids playing video games are making this much money, and like dividing it amongst themselves. This is when you. This is when you can tell that this is going to be a thing.
1: It's like. It's gone from quarters to billions. Like this oh, is yeah. it. Like that's it. That's what esports can be like drawn down to is it was once an industry where you just played to get quarters in order to play your next game to we're gonna group up and we're gonna play for millions. That's what it is. Um but yeah, it's huge. And I know like League of Legends in particular last year, Riot alone garnered close to two billion dollars in revenue just from both East. like their game alone didn't even like match it. It was mostly esports. That's where the big like money's coming from. Mm-hmm, yeah. So Let's take a step back, and we go back before that. And have you guys heard of a documentary called King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters?
0: Oh, I've heard of it. I have not watched it.
1: Okay, so what King of Kong is, is it's a man named Steve Weeb. I, I think that's how his last name's pronounced. Anyway, um, there was a man named Billy Mitchell in the 80s. Huge tournament, but he was like one of these celebrities. Like, what, today, esports, we have our celebrities. The people who stand above the rest. Billy Mitchell was that guy back in the 80s. Um, and what he said... Is kind of from the documentary is what stuck with uh, st- stayed with me, is that when a crowd gets interested in some sort of topic such as gaming or esports or just sports in general, it'll develop. And the thing about like gaming in general, like this, for example, when it came from the arcade revolution to what it is now, is that the crowd's getting bigger and bigger, and we're spreading more and more ideas. And we're getting these games that are like, uh, they're like, essentially like just arena games. There's not like a whole lot of content to them. They're just kind of like go out there and play against each other on these, like, simple maps. But that's kind of what arcade play was originally. Hmm. So what do you guys think about, like, how he said, like, there were these stars players like himself going and doing this in, like, the 80s, where they were, like, these arcade, like, players, to what they are now. Like, they're almost like sport athletes, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like, for example, like, Bjergsen in League of Legends is probably probably one of the most recognized. He's not even from North America, but he plays here in North America. (laughs) But in my mind, he's up there with, like, great football quarterbacks because he's just that popular and has that kind of, like, I don't draw to himself. So I I think, like, where do we go from here now a little bit? Like, before we dive into the topic of, like, how it kind of came to be, what do you guys think about, like, currently how the athletes are and currently, like, it, esports is now, like, jumping up. It's now, like, oh, let's go, let's go. It's really, like, developing. Do you think that it's going to become more, like, it's going to be harder for the crowd to get in? Oh, yeah or do you think it's going to become more like generalized and people have this opportunity?
2: Uh for me I think I think it's going to be more generalized in a sense of accessibility. This this community is just constantly growing and growing even bigger than even today it's still growing uh-huh. even more. And the nice thing about uh esports as a as a whole is that it's it's not just one scene, you know. It's multiple scenes, multiple games, you know. It's constantly changing as as developers are bringing out new games the, the esports scene is just going to keep growing from then on even the new games that are coming out like uh, the Blade and Soul coming to new Ameri- uh, North America like there's an esports part scene starting for that is it really? It, yeah even in Korea in, in Asia there is an esports scene with Blade and Soul already and they're thinking about trying to create bring that over here as well so I think as more games keep coming up more the esports scene is going to grow even bigger and even with esports like that's the thing, like you said earlier, we do consider them athletes now. Mm-hmm. Like in a ma- in a matter of a few years, they became gamers or nerds or whatever, to just athletes. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's just
0: absolutely incredible. Yeah, last year they were recognized by the United States mm-hmm. as athletes. Like it was first that was when it was first announced. So, the United States, Europe, parts of Europe, I believe, and Korea all recognize esports players as yeah. athletes. And that is that's fantastic. And going off of your point um, the scene is getting huge. And the thing about eSports is we're comparing it with sports. Like, oh, eSport isn't a sport. But eSport isn't a sport. It's its own thing. And the crazy thing about it is in sports, you have subdivisions. So mm-hmm. like I said earlier, baseball, basketball, yeah. football. With eSports, it's like its own thing because you have Mortal Kombat. You have Smite. You have League mm-hmm. of Legends. You have Dota 2. So it's like with each game – It's a completely different environment and a completely different meta Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um yeah i like it (laughs) yeah it's a completely different environment and a completely different meta where people are it's like uh the teams have to focus on different things like in basketball you're gonna focus more on uh your whole team working together to get down the court shoot the ball in the hoop Mm -hmm. football you're going to work on the quarterback's going to make a decision to throw it to whoever's going to be open right. or pass it to whoever's going to be open to make the touchdown. Yeah, It's the same way with eSports. So uh, not necessarily a Mortal Kombat player is mm-hmm. going to be a professional like a League of Legends player is going to be a professional. Mm-hmm. It's co- two completely different mindsets. And I think that that's what sets it apart is the players. It's open for everyone because it's the amount of effort and work you put in you can be disabled in a wheelchair and be able to play this and be mm-hmm. able to do Definitely. this. And I just find that fantastic because it's, it's something that we've created as a generation. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I <laughs> yeah, get you. I <laughs> like, yeah. Um, if we want to jump back into it, like our generation is the generation that really brought it full like full effect. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about like what you guys experienced when you were younger. Uh, I can start with, like, I did the Gears of War tournament, as I said earlier, but I also did a uh, Halo and Call of Duty tournaments, which I sucked at. <laughs> we did bad <laughs> because there's a lot of kids out there who are really good. Oh, yeah. But then there's also like lower games that people don't recognize and realize. I was awesome at DDR. Ooh, I went to statewide nice. tournaments for DDR and things nice. like that. So like my experiences were a little different. Like there wasn't a lot of people watching. But I remember in one of my last like Gears of War tournaments that I did, we actually had an audience. Like it was like I think it was. Around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we actually had an audience watching us compete against other people, and that was kind of cool. Um, like, I didn't, I didn't like quite get it at the time. I was like, I don't, "Why are you watching us? Like, why are you, like you could go play the game. It doesn't really matter." But then, like as I've seen it grow over the few years, that's where it's coming from is watching these people that are pretty much the, doing the same thing as sports. So, I want to know what you guys thought about your experiences. Well, from my experience, uh, like I said
0: earlier, I didn't really get much. Of an experience as, um, of, and I didn't get much of an experience apart from the gaming community that I was in. Mm -hmm. The problem with that was, uh, and I didn't talk about this earlier, but uh, since we were growing as a gaming community, a lot of people didn't like us, Mm -hmm. and there was someone who got into our community that was from another gaming community, and Mm -hmm. we shared gamer tags like with. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, We shared gamer tags uh, with each other so we could play each other's games Uh and he changed all my account settings and I lost my Xbox live account. That's really rough. man. Oh no. Yeah. I was very angry after 14 calls to Microsoft uh, (laughs) and trying to get my account back. I finally gave up and built a PC, but that's where I really started getting into other games. Um, I started playing Smite a lot. Smite's like yeah. my game. That's like the thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to the launch tournament back in 2013. That's and awesome. I went to the first world tournament in 2014. Nice. I missed this past year. But I drove to Atlanta twice to watch both those tournaments. <clears throat> and the crazy thing about this scene is with lower level esports, like how Smite was developing back then, I would go to the tournament and there would be like all these developers and all these professional mm-hmm. players walking around. And there'd be more of them than what there would be people watching. Yeah. And you'd just be able to hang out and talk with them. And yeah. it was such an experience for me. I got to meet the people that i watch on Twitch or the people that I would be able to, um, like, play against online. Because I'd gotten to the point where I was able to play with them in some match lobbies. But That's uh, amazing. That was that was really, like, the big eye-opener for me. Right before I came into college, I was like, wow, I can actually go to these things, meet these people, and... And develop myself in this industry, mm-hmm. so uh,
1: yeah.
0: I would say that's really backboarded it for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, just as it evolves. Like for me, uh, I was I was also in a clan
2: for Call of Duty, so I was in a UEG clan, okay. and we did we did the same thing that you guys did, which was just basically like online setting up teams over the internet and then just playing each other. So I played Call of Duty Four and Modern Warfare, or er, uh, what at war? What at war? Not yeah. what at war. The next one, I totally Modern, Warfare 2? Modern Warfare Two. Modern Warfare Two. Wow, it's been forever. <laughs> <laughs> it actually yeah. has. It's been so, almost ten yeah. years since Modern Warfare. Yeah, so. so I competed in both those games, and then I didn't. I, we never had an audience like you did, Zach. But mm-hmm. the way it felt is just the community trying to work together just to get these like clans or teams together. Just kind of felt felt like you were a professional athlete, you know? Yeah. And I think the way that that was with how communities were trying to grow up into this like big eSport community kind of mm-hmm. just helped eSports as a whole just develop.
1: Right. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, I think, like, the crowds and everything like that kind of coming together were, ba- like, built out of those communities that we started. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe eSports really got its, like, backbone from the communities that we developed in there. So, like, making these clans like you did and, like, what you were participating in is kind of what generated the idea that we needed sponsored teams and organizations like well, MLG, IEM, and others. So... Like, wh- one of the big things about, like, uh, eSports gaming back in the early 2000s was it was all done online. It was the online age, you know? But uh, we didn't have things like Twitch to stream it and see it and things like that. You had to travel like you did to go and watch. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that could have been, like, streamed. But, like, you had to go and watch it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up a thing, and the amount of events that are happening, not on large scale but on minor scale, are ranging between hundreds to thousands now. Wow. Like, yes. Yeah.
0: See, that's crazy because with Twitch, you can go online and you can watch your favorite tournament or your the biggest broadcasted tournament ever. Mm-hmm. And like for the Dota 2 International, for instance, you can go online and watch that being broadcasted. And they there's like entire arenas filled with people. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because we don't have a cap on this yet. No. Like the sports industry does. So like with the sports industry, it's like, oh, you want to watch uh, the new fight that's coming out? Oh, pay-per-view, got to yeah. pay for oh, it. Oh, yeah. And with eSports, it's just like, oh, get on your computer, go to twitch.com backslash Dota 2 and watch it yourself. And that's that's phenomenal. I find that to be um, really, really an experience for everyone that mm-hmm. wants to get into it. You don't have to pay to get into it, right. and a lot of these games are free-to-play games. You mm-hmm. don't have to play. You don't have to buy the games to play them. Like in sports, well, of course you have to have a computer and internet, of course. But uh-huh. um, with sports, you have to buy a football or buy a basketball yeah. and like padding and get a team together. With this, it's kind of like a different thing because you have to get a computer, you have to get a mouse, keyboard, internet, yeah. and then you're able to play. But then from there.
1: Well, it's endless games,
0: it's endless possibilities. Yeah.
1: And even a lot of these games don't require like heavy end PCs to play or heavy end things. So I mean like and we were talking about streaming. Streaming I feel like streaming's kinda of what launched esports to what it is now. Oh yeah. Definitely. I would
0: agree with that one hundred percent.
1: Well, I mean like Riot Games is the top Twitch sub- uh, it's not subscriber anymore, but it's like the top Twitch following account. Yeah. There's like I don't even know, there's millions of people that follow that account. Um and the events on Dota Two is huge and C S Go. The events garner over like half a million views. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily just like world events. Like, that's just like on like week to week basis, like yeah. close to like 500,000 views. So, with the free model, do you guys think like, do you think like streaming is still the future of esports? Do you think that's where they're going to keep going? Or do you think they're going to, are you, do you think there's a worrying trend that they might go to that pay to view model?
0: I think that there's, a, personally, I think that there's a worrying trend that right. it's going to go to pay, uh, pay to watch. Uh, just like anything that's going to be making money, other people are going to be wanting to make money off of it, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're going to like. I, I see in the future they're going to offer Twitch money to uh, make it a paid to watch experience, which I guess, I guess it's already quote unquote pay to watch if you subscribe, right? But subscribing, I feel more is like it's a like donation.
1: A, yeah, it's like a donation or like just a chat experience for those big channels. Oh
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and like. Uh, yeah, you're paying for the chat icons. You're paying for yeah, uh, more chat if they switch it to subscriber only in the mm-hmm. chat. Um, but I I do find that is something that does worry me. I do I do think that they are going to go to pay to watch mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, for me I think
2: I think the way that they're doing it right now. I think of course over time people are going to somehow somebody's going to get greedy and then start trying to do make this. But mm-hmm. I think with the way the community is now, especially for Twitch. I think that they're probably going to try to keep with this streamlining like free to watch process and mm-hmm. I think that with that in mind it that's going to help the community keep growing as a whole honestly right. and with this it just depends especially with the big games that are out you know Dota League you know CSGO mm-hmm. all these games if they were to go to pay to watch I think it'd be a lot harder and especially like with the subscriber thing like mm-hmm. I feel like with being a subscriber is more about um Getting exclusive rights to a channel or to a, a a gamer that you like to watch, rather than like, oh, I deserve or I'm paying so that I can watch this. Is I'm paying so I can enjoy this even more because right. I enjoy this watcher or this gamer. You
1: know, mm-hmm. so right. So if it if that does end up happening, like if we go from just talking about like a channel based like idea, um, one of the things I noticed about like esports, like you said earlier, is that the players are more down-to-earth, you're more likely to connect with them because they're more of an everyday, like, you're, they are your everyday geek. Like, they're there mm-hmm. for you. You relate to them. They give you an opportunity to believe that this is something you could do. So if it starts going to that way, do you think that we're going to start feeling like almost an alienation away from the players? I would
0: say yes, but I also would say, like, I don't think that they... Of course they can run in and make it a pay-to-watch um like experience like we were talking about earlier but i feel like the esports community is so tightly like we're all packed together and we're all like for each other um Mm -hmm. good good example of that uh there's a professional smite player his name's barracuda Mm uh they won the world tournament uh not this previous year but the year before Uh um his brother was recently missing and died like he fell off of a bridge and it was it was really really sad but the thing was uh on the Reddit, everyone wanted his address because everyone wanted to send him flowers. There was that <laughs> was the top upvoted thing on the Smite Reddit ever. ever. Really? Yeah, him, him posting and saying that he found his brother, they found the body, and that um, he would he was taking a break for a while, and like everyone wanted to know his address to send him flowers. And High Res Studios, the company who makes mm-hmm. Smite, actually sent him a. Big bouquet of flowers right. and uh, wrote like our condolences. We all love you, Bera. Oh man! And like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. we're all so close as a community. If so- one thing happens to all of us, mm-hmm. we're n- we're nerds. Like we come together and like <laughs> we fight against it. And if you yeah. think about it, that came from the 80s when yeah. we when we were looked at as like a bad thing. When Almost. like yeah, yeah bad when, games were bad for your eyes and bad for your health. And,
1: and yeah, and not just that. Like society like just saw us. We were geeks. We were not doing anything with our time. We yeah, were exactly. playing video games. Exactly. That's and point.
0: now it's kinda of like a backlash, like, yeah, we're playing video games, but watch us now we're making eighteen million dollars doing it. So. Yeah, you know what? It's like, hey, geese are
1: getting richer. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's awesome actually. I'm really I'm happy to hear that. I remember actually hearing something similar. I think that's what it was. It took over Twitter too. It was one of the top yeah. trends like globally for it, Twitter.
0: It was a thing, yeah. Everyone everyone was so sad because he is considered the best A D C in Smite. He's yeah. the best hunter, period. And like that was that was like a defining point for the Smite community I'd say. Mm-hmm. But um anyway, back to the Twitch experience for Pay to Watch. I feel like if they made it pay to watch the community would come together and like revolt against that. Mm-hmm. So I could see it being a pay wa- to watch experience for the company's yeah. Twitch page. So like for Dota Two, um, for Riot or for Valve, I could see it being a um, like pay to watch experience for their channel. Right. But for the professional players, I don't see that being a pay to watch. I see that still being like a regular experience like how it is now. Mm-hmm. Because those professional players want to connect with us. They right. they mm-hmm. know where we're from and they know where we come from and they know how quickly the scene changes. One year a team can be on top and the next year they can be completely dethroned. Yeah, and it happens every year. And like it's all about and the reason why the esports community is such a Big business, I guess you could say, because it it really is. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because business is all about connecting with other people. And that's exactly what esports is. You're just connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that be professional players, other players, you're making teams, you're competing in tournaments, or you're watching the tournaments. You're social networking the entire time. We spend all of our time on either the computer or on our phones talking to them. That was the crazy thing about the Smite World Championship too. After I was coming back, all the pro players were on their planes going back to Europe and they were they were responding to everyone's tweets. Literally everyone. That's huge. It's yeah. a really
1: active community. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I mean it's it's kinda where it came from. I mean, like from the arcade revolution where people were just going to watch like that, it was kinda more closed down. You had to just hear about it from a friend to now being like, I'm gonna tweet to you, come check out this thing or to where there's like actual big time advertisements. So like Smite has had advertisements for the World Championships on like IGN apps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um so with it becoming this big now and, like, communication and everything coming together, like, well, let's talk about the actual, like, like we talked about SMITE, but let's talk about where, why is it that it was that big? Like, what started organizing it? Where did it come from? For example, KESPA, um, the Korean Esports mm-hmm. Admini- or Association, is a government, like, it, it, it's a government actual association. It's part of their, like, ministry of culture, sports, t- tourism, tourism. Yeah, I mean it's it's a national pastime. Like baseball's America's pa- national pastime, whether you want to argue it or not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to South Korea, that's what brings their community together as a country. Like it's huge over there. Like, mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about it, but like, did you guys pay much attention to like StarCraft? I
2: personally didn't. Right. I was a I was actually a pretty avid StarCraft fan myself. Uh-huh. StarCraft was huge to me. I the the way micromanaging. L- the way you learn micromanaging in StarCraft was just huge, and I think learning StarCraft, just playing it, and I didn't even know StarCraft was like a competitive a competitive scene until like Twitch became a thing, and you know, broad live broadcasting became a thing over the internet. But learning StarCraft and just honestly, StarCraft comp- competitions were incredible to see as as the game just evolved, and then into even StarCraft Two. You know, the competitive scene is just even more incredible for sure, definitely.
1: The biggest problem I have now is that like. I don't know if it's just from my realization of it, but like I feel like StarCraft's dying out.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Like, I would say that. Like, but with that being said, like, there's still other esports that are coming. There's still yeah. other games that are coming up. So mm-hmm. like, as one, it's kind of like a phoenix. As
1: one game dies, another one's born. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like right now, I say probably the, I'll go with the biggest five: League of Legends, Smite, Dota, CS:GO. Possibly Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Hearthstone's getting huge. Yeah.
0: That's getting a huge following.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got documentaries coming out about it. There's a person, I I saw a thing about a person writing a book about their experiences in it. It's like, it's massive. Um, And then I I read this article. uh, They said a lot of pro gamers come from backgrounds of trading card games. Oh, yeah. 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 I Did, would agree definitely. with that. Did you guys play trading card games? Like, Yu-Gi-Oh all the way, man. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, definitely Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, that's where I was Pokemon, <laughs> and even some people said, like, Magic, kind of got them into, like, this kind of competitive realm of gaming. Um, so Hearthstone's kind of where we've come with that. That's where we've mm-hmm. come full circle as it's coming bigger and bigger. Um, and I know, like, I, I think you know, North America is like, pretty dominant on that front. Maybe not. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not the biggest Hearthstone follower, but... Um. I don't.
0: I would say it's. I would say North America is pretty big in Hearthstone. I would say, um, I'm. I'm spacing the name of the pro player, um, Trump. Yeah, Trump. His name is actually Trump. My right. my host brother that I live with. He's mm-hmm. my best friend. He plays Hearthstone to a T. Like yeah. every day. He played a match with Trump as he was watching it on Twitch. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen this fully grown man. I mean, he's huge. He's got a beard. <laughs> I, he, like, screamed like a little girl and ran out of the room and then ran back in. He's like, I can't believe I'm playing with Trump. I can't believe I'm playing with
2: Trump. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's the incredible part about it, though. It's like with all these, like, professional players, these athletes, you know, that we're able to connect with them socially and even in game. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's just crazy.
1: Well, like, yeah. TSM Trump's like he's he's a big part of it. I mean, he's one of the reasons why we got this kind of like growing, almost like streaming community of it because his streams are some of the top streams. Oh, yeah. I mean, he streams for like ridiculous amounts a day. I mean, it's <laughs> it, he he's more strict than like some athletes are with their like routine schedules, but uh, going from that now, uh, you guys think that like they're they're a good community, they're good like to us, but they're busy, like they're oh, busier yeah. than some people ever are. So let yeah. let's talk a little bit about like. We talked about where esports have kinda come from, how they've impacted us as like kind of a younger generation. But let's talk about the people who got into it. Have you guys seen their schedules before? No, I haven't. Okay, seen. so I watched a documentary last night. It was uh Dan Hal from Dan Is Not on Fire. He's a huge gaming fan and everything like that. He met with Kasing, who's on Team Vitality's the support from there, when he was going through a split last um last summer for the run to worlds for League of Legends. Mm-hmm. They are scrimming and practicing pretty much from the moment they wake up, which they wake up late, they wake up around eleven a m until about oh one or two a m at night Ugh, God. it's crazy. I believe that. they get hour... an hour of eating and then that's it and then after that they're free to do whatever they want but like these strict like schedules and things and stuff like that it, it almost seems like they they do they seem like athletes but even more strict in a certain way. Some of these organizations require them to take diets and exercise regularly too mm. oh
0: no you have to like as an um as an esports professional, you mm-hmm. have to like keep your body in good condition, mm-hmm. even if it's the upper half of your body, because you have to eat right. You have to you have to be engaged with the game. You have to have that reaction time. Yeah, and that's especially important for uh, like a uh, CS:GO. Yeah, that's Ooh. you have to have yeah, that reaction time, right. or you're or you're gonna miss the shot, or you're gonna get shot. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's really really important for them to eat right. Um, exercise when they can um but if you look at it most of the esports professionals they're 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 in shape because they keep themselves in shape um Mm -hmm. i actually when i went to um the smite world championship i got a chance to talk to some of the professionals about um what their regular routine was like and it's exactly as you said zach like they are working nonstop stop every mm-hmm. single day and that's mainly because they have to stay on top they know if they slip up or if they don't com- if they don't keep trying someone's gonna dethrone them and i like using that term dethrone but some- someone's <laughs> gonna beat them to get to the top And yeah. it's it's it, that's how competitive it gets yeah
1: it, it's an industry where it's like you know if you mess up once somebody's gonna steal your spot because there's we're all competing for that those of us who are like oh, yeah. really interested in esports gaming we're competing for that spot to become that next esports. i mean I'm 22. I'm a little, I'm starting to hit that aging out process where, like, well, I just want to, like, report on it or do whatever with it. But a lot of these younger gamers are like, I want to be the next, like, big player. So these players that are now, and they got to be careful. They got to keep in shape. A healthy body is a healthy mind almost because these younger players are trying to steal their spots. And that's how they kind of keep in, like, keep earning the money, keep doing what they love and things like that. But while the esports industry is amazing and it's grown huge, it's also really, really brutal. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I don't doubt that at all. I think. I think with how strict they have to be, it, it's not necessarily that they're strict because they're competitive athletes. It's more about them strict because to keep their minds in the right spot, you know, it's like, if, especially if they're practicing that hard that often, mm-hmm. like, especially with these games, like uh, like the current games that are out right now, it's not that you can really just, like, you're not physically, I, I don't want to say physically exhausted from playing these games, but, you know, how, like, all these physical contact sports, there's actually, like, you know, there's like could be pain involved, whatever. And then these esports, it's just a, a whole another. it's a different level of exhaustion, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they try to have these strict rules of keeping your body in shape and keeping your mind together, you know.
0: And there's a lot of health problems that go into it. Like they have glasses now that you can wear that help that don't strain your eyes by looking at the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, but arthritis is a huge factor in this. Like if you get arthritis as an esports professional, you're done. Yeah, you can't you can't do the same things that you did before.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of esports players who are like holding or not just like holding, but like they they have their hands wrapped up before each match. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them have to retire because of it, and it's 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 a shame, but. I mean, it's there's a lot like to it and a lot of them actually just kind of like they start getting eye problems like you said and they start getting like exhaustion problems cuz you know staring at a screen is bad for your like actual sleep health. But um yeah, like when they do that, when they start getting those like effects, they go towards that community we just talked about earlier about the streaming community like a lot of them oh, just yeah. become retired streamers at age 22 or commentators, broadcasters. Or commentators yeah. That's yeah. Huge. a
0: big thing. That that's something that I've really wanted to get into. Right. Uh commentating, but Then I realized, oh, this isn't really my market. I can't really just go into this because a lot of it is the professional players that know what they're talking about. Uh They're just like, yeah, we're done. We're just going to commentate and make a whole bunch of money from this company. So you guys have fun. Continue
1: competing. Yeah. (laughs) I just find that really cool. Um, Another thing about, like, yeah, just talking about that, like the companies themselves, most of the events we're talking about aren't hosted by, like, an external, like, source or anything like that. Like IEM is, but, like, Riot Games hosts their own events. Hi-Rez hosts their own big event.
0: Hi-Rez worked with Microsoft on the last tournament. Did they work on yeah? Microsoft helped them make that tournament. Um, That's where they introduced Smite on Xbox One. Oh, that's right. Which is crazy because now... all these games all this whole all these industries that we're seeing like on Xbox and on PC mm-hmm. and on PS4 they're starting to come together because you saw the whole I'm guessing you guys both saw the whole thing about the cross platform yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely
1: yeah. I'm hoping that goes through cuz like that even broadens the community even more not to mention I'm really tired of the argument that well the community on Xbox one's better than the community on PS4 oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry but PC one's all Oh yeah <laughs> Ooh, have you messers. seen the
0: have you seen the gif or not the gif the meme of mm-hmm. uh, the Lord of the Rings meme, where yeah. it's he, he he's getting, he's <laughs> yeah. talking to Legolas, and yeah. he's like, he's an Xbox. "Why not die with a brother?" And then there's a whole bunch of uh, the orcs. Orcs. There's a yeah. whole bunch of orcs, and it's like PC, PC, yeah. PC, PC. Yeah, that's like well, how I feel.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> well, no, like yeah, PCs. There's a horde of PC users out <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm one of those. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so long. Long. So
0: long. <laughs> I mean, I own my PS4. I like playing it a yeah. little bit here and there, but. PC, I think that's where it's at. But the crazy thing is, PC was where it's at because you can play most any game on PC. Mm-hmm. And now that you're able to play Microsoft games, I well, not Microsoft. I don't want to say that because they still have their exclusives. But now you mm-hmm. can play. Well, in the future, you'll be able to play Microsoft um, your Xbox One with mm-hmm. your PS4 or any of those titles. And I, I don't know. I just I just find that awesome that yeah, cool. um, they'll be able to group together.
1: So yeah, a lot of these uh, a lot of esports is starting to come back to the consoles. I mean, it was. I, I would say dominantly after it left the arcade generation, it went to pretty much PC, like biggest thing like StarCraft was a PC title, things like that. Yeah. And then we kinda got like back into like console gaming when MLG was like the big thing. But I think it,
0: Halo was what launched esports into a thing, to be honest. Be I think I think Halo was one of the defining points for us. Yeah. Because Halo, not only was that did that get a huge following as a game, mm-hmm people like would brag about it because i remember not even knowing what esports was and i'd go over Mm -hmm. to a friend's house and we would talk so much crap to each other playing halo yeah (laughs) um there was an art to it and then people started to realize this Created tournaments and made a bunch of money off of it now mm-hmm. to say they don't make as much money now as what the esports community has or the esports industry has grown into yeah but I would say that's what for a while there that's what made the most money was Halo yeah. Halo made a ton of money I remember when Halo 3 came out that was the biggest midnight release Ever.
1: I was yeah. there. I went to a tournament for it. See, yeah. exactly. Halo had a
0: huge following yeah. which was incredible. Well,
1: yeah, that that's the thing. Um Halo wasn't like bought because solely for its story. The story was okay. Like the story was good to an extent, but Halo was bought for that multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like Halo launched Xbox Live. I feel like Xbox oh, yeah. Live would not have been as big without oh, Halo. I definitely. completely agree with you. Like, like 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 Call of Duty was big, but Halo was just that was the child it that, launched was the it. Competitive that was scene. that was the child. Yeah. yeah,
2: Halo definitely helped shoot up the skyrocket the competitive scene in online multiplayer for sure
0: it really set the scene i i like it really set the scene for the esports industry um i feel like eventually we would have gotten there with call of duty like it would have been the same eventually Mm -hmm. but it with halo 2 and halo 3 being really competitive i feel like that set the scene Mm -hmm. for the entire esports industry before call of duty did because i mean that's when world at war first became a thing yeah and call of duty first started getting its big uh how do I want to put like it's big push, yeah, um, and then Halo kind of just fell back into its own little corner and like oh we're gonna play with Halo because and Reach came out Halo four came out yeah but uh, when Call of Duty came out with Modern Warfare one and Modern Warfare two that is I would say like that's when it switched from Halo to that and it's crazy because these consoles for a while there in the early two thousands they're the they were the backbone for mm-hmm. the industry, uh. And of course, we still had StarCraft on PC. We still yeah. had uh, Counter Strike on PC. But back then, I didn't know a lot of people, or me at least, as a kid, I didn't know a lot of people that owned a PC or people that played on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a whole bunch of friends that had consoles though, so yeah. and they'd always be talking cool. about it.
1: Well, I mean, like consoles, like Halo and things like that, kind of like created the template for team-based esports too. Like Counter Strike exists and things like that, but Counter Strike was a little more open in the way they handled teams. Um, they were dropping and adding players left and right. Whereas I remember when Halo was first becoming like the online like eSport, they had teams that were these designated members, like Mm -hmm. always, like that was it. Prior to that, it was like solo play, you know, it was 1v1, things like that, StarCraft and that such. Um, But that was kind of the cool thing about Halo 2, or Halo in general was it created what became like team-based eSport play, like relying on your team in order to like come to like, um, come to win like these tournaments and things like that. I feel like Call of Duty like defined it though. Oh, I would agree. Like they defined the way tournaments were held almost. Like some of the big tournaments that were there were like some of the biggest payout tournaments.
0: But they. Were I would all... say that's even when. Um, I would say that's even when companies started getting involved. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say like on record, but big companies like TSM and Paradigm and like mm-hmm. huge esports. Um, companies that like host teams now. Yeah. I would say that's really when they started to get involved into the scene was when Halo and Call of Duty became a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh when Call of Duty was first getting really, really big, Modern Warfare uh Modern Warfare two, Black Ops One. Yeah, I like you would see these tournaments and it went from people just picking the names of their teams mm-hmm. to oh, now we're T S M blank. Or yeah. oh, now we're Eager blank. Yeah. Oh, now we're Razor Gaming blank. And mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I I think that might have been, yeah, the birth of, like, these, like, team-based organizations. But those teams go a long way. Like, those teams spread across multiple games. Oh, yeah. That's the cool thing about, like, well, somewhat the cool thing about these games is that we have, like, TSM's probably the most recognized in North America, but then in, like, other organizations we have SK Gaming and and cloud 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 Nine starting to pop. And then we got these two new ones that are huge because they're, they're unique compared to any other, like, aspect. We have Echo Fox. And so this is a company I actually want to talk about that might be kind of like the idea of the future of gaming. Mm-hmm. Echo Fox is a League of Legends primarily, but now they have other teams and other industries. It was started by a man named Rick Fox. Do you guys know who Rick Fox is? Yeah. Rick Fox is a retired basketball player. He's from, he he grew up part of his life here in Indiana, actually, from Warsaw up north. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, he was, he's a retired basketball player, but he's also like a renowned businessman. Mm-hmm. He bought out Gravity Gaming and created this team called Echo Fox and brought together players from different regions together. He's kind of this first step that like business people are like, whoa, I don't know if there's a cash cow here, but there's something here about esports. And he, he goes on saying, in two years' time, esports will be bigger than the NHL, if it's not already. Wait, so, is this
0: the same Rick Fox that played with the LA Lakers?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so...
0: Um, but yeah, I actually I think I saw an article on that. To be honest with you, um, yeah, that I just find it crazy because he said I think he said in the article too he connected with his son through it because yeah. his family was like a broken family because he was traveling a lot as mm-hmm. any professional sports player will do. They mm-hmm. have to travel. He said he played with his son on World of Warcraft.
1: Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Like it's <laughs> it's there's an older generation of like athletes and businessmen are starting to see this as like this is it, this is the generation, this is how we get to the next, or this is how we like connect with the generation, this is how we like continue the generation after that Um, and he's doing it in a way that it's focusing primarily on like the players first so people are reaching out and trying to contact Echo Fox and they have a good way of like uh, establishing contact with the community, things like that but where he's doing that, we have other people that are starting to pop up, did you guys see the article about Energy? who's a newer organization, they have a CSGO and a Uh, league of legends team Shaq and alex rodriguez (laughs) have bought into esports now i Mm. did not know that they are now uh investors and they are now like actually a part of managing nrg's kind of (laughs) corporation that's incredible isn't that weird that's awesome these these are like athletes you know like and espn and others are starting to recognize esports but a lot of people are like well it's not sport it's not athletes it's not like that but Suddenly out of nowhere, there's these athletes that are buying into it. And they're so, like,
0: yeah, no, yeah, you guys can sit down. It's definitely a thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so that that's kind of crazy. And then we got even people who you wouldn't think about. Uh, we have Lincoln Park has an organization that bought an eSports team. Yeah, I
0: didn't even know that. It's, that's uh, uh, so awesome. Yeah,
1: they're part of the uh, Immortals. Really? Yeah, and obviously they're the best team in North America for uh, League of Legends uh, this year. And, like, all these people are getting involved. The biggest thing I've realized is that even, like, the biggest businessmen like Mark Cuban are starting to get involved with this. Oh yeah,
0: I did see where Mark Cuban uh, invested and he had an interview where he was talking about it and Mm -hmm. they actually, he was at a tournament and he dropped the F bomb, and they're yeah. like, yep. all right, there's, they're like, yeah, yeah there's $10,000. Was it to charity? Yep. Yep. It was $10, yeah, $10,000 donated. $15,000 charity. And he goes, oh, well, F it. And he said it again. Yeah, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, if 30, I say it again. <laughs> is it
1: 30 so That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like the charity, uh, I don't remember what the charity organization was, but a lot of them are starting to donate to charity organizations for like using like esports as a way to like, reach like, like kids who have issues and disability and things like that that mm-hmm. are interested in esports. And esports is raising millions of dollars in charity every year now because of it, too.
0: Well, see, the industry is, as we're talking about now, it's, it's, it's spreading out into everyday life. Yeah. Like, we were talking about Korea earlier. Korean esports players, professionals, they are celebrities. They're not just esports professionals. They are celebrities. Uh-huh. Uh, they go on talk shows. They go on... Uh, game shows because game shows are really, really big in Asia. But like, like they're they go on these game shows and talk shows, and women go crazy for them. Yeah, (laughs) like it's kind of crazy. And that's something weird about the industry that I've seen, or at least that I've been exposed to. I've not seen that many female players that are that are esports professionals.
1: Actually, going to be doing in a couple weeks an episode that's a crossover between us and the Coven on women in the esports industry. So stay tuned to that. But they're coming back. They're starting to come up. So yeah,
0: Another thing, though, that uh, develops into everyday life, uh, there's eSports bars popping popping up. I've wanted to go. I've always wanted to go. (laughs) That sounds so awesome. Uh, Yeah, there's one that just started in Canada last year, Uh and it's called the Got Game eSports bar. Uh And three entrepreneurs from the University of Waterloo started it. So these were college kids that were just like, hey, you want to start a bar and make it eSports, make a whole bunch of money off of it? And they do. And
1: Ball State needs this. Yeah, yeah Ball, Ball State Ball State needs we, we, we from do this. need this. But
0: uh, the other bar is called Meltdown Esports, and it's mm-hmm. an expanded franchise. So get this: you can go on their website uh-huh. and you can fill out an application to start your own store in your area. There's oh. none in North America right now. So think about. I'm just surprised none of the big businessmen in North America have seen this yeah. and like been like, "Oh yeah, I'm on top of that. Yeah, starting starting this yeah. starting this uh, bar." Because the first one in North America, I guarantee once it starts, it would spread. But mm-hmm. before it spread, everyone would go to that one bar.
1: Yeah, it's going to make a killing. Like, it's going to – we like I, I assume we're going to have that in the next – I give it two years. Oh. Two oh, years, yeah. we're going to have at least one big one, and then they're just going to spread. Uh, Great Britain, huge on the bars. Oh, um, yeah. In an article I read uh, – actually, no, it was in the documentary. They interviewed a lot of people that are going to this one bar. And almost every single person that, like, went by there said, oh, yeah, I wanted to be a pro gamer. And then they expanded it. They're like, okay, let's talk to most young adults between ages, like, 18 and 30 in Great Britain and see what they said. Over two-thirds of them were like, yeah, I watch esports on, like, a weekly basis. Yeah, I wanted to be a professional player. And they interviewed a lot of people. And it's crazy how big it is over there. But these bars are where those, like, people get together. They go, they have a pint, and then they just... They watch or they compete. A lot of them are hosting tournaments now.
0: I would love to go to an esports bar or, a, like, a bar, sit down with a few friends, chug back a few ones, and watch my favorite teams compete on screens. Like, I don't know who came up with this idea first, mm-hmm. but they are genius. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, like, yeah, definitely. it's it's an expansion of sports bars. Like, yeah.
0: It is it is a sports bar, basically. Yeah. It just has
2: an E at the front, basically, you know? It's just, <laughs> it's there, there's just a different scene of what they're watching, you know? Uh-huh. And that—that's the incredible thing. It's like esports isn't that old. It's a relatively new scene, and then it's just constantly expanding. Like you said, you're gonna give it two years? Like one year, honestly, dude. I'll take—I'll I'll, take that bet. Yeah, oh. I, I'm gonna say one year. Okay. <laughs> I feel—I feel like it's just ever increasing exponentially. It's just yeah. growing so fast.
1: Yeah, and it's—it's—I it's, I mean, like we don't really know where the future of esports can go from this point. But before we really dive into that topic. um, Oh, I don't remember what I wanted to say. So I guess we'll just dive into that topic. What do you guys think is like (laughs) the next set of like? What do you guys think is the future of esports? I mean, like we have these competitive tournaments that we tournaments that we have now, but like games are starting to fade out. Certain players are starting to fade out. The generation's getting younger. Like the kids are getting real young that are getting into these competitive games, and they're good. Mm -hmm.
0: Calming down a little to talk about the future is very hard for me, but I'm gonna try my best. Go crazy. I think that. (laughs) It's really, really hard to tell where the future is going to go from here Mm -hmm. because look at where we've came from the past 20 years. That's true. Like we were talking about quarters to billions earlier. That's an absolute, like, how much bigger do we get from here? Where do we go? Because we're starting to reach this Global domination. Exactly. (laughs) We're starting to reach this peak where no other sport has, like, gotten this following this quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic, yes, But like, in all seriousness, how much farther can this go? Like, this is starting to get to be a thing where I'm, I'm personally afraid. Talking about earlier, big corporations and companies are gonna try to buy buy this out, or better yet, they're gonna Coca Cola Titans, Coca Cola (laughs) Titans. uh, (laughs) They're gonna dethrone other companies, and like, how how crazy would that be in twenty years if you saw uh, TSM or Valve game or Valve, the company Valve, Uh buys out Walmart?
1: Yeah, Yeah, you know, like (laughs) Like, that's
0: a that's a possibility at this point, like looking toward the future because esports is esports is it is in the gaming look aspect of it um, where players play. I feel like it's going to continue to be the same thing. Maybe there will be its own section with virtual reality gaming because that's starting to become a thing. Yeah. Uh, And I imagine here in the next 10, 10, years, we'll we'll have it to where it's like in households yeah, yeah. can't wait for that yeah that, that'll be awesome but like as an everyday aspect of life mm-hmm. what where, where do we go from here like how big how big can this get in terms of That's true what yeah. are they going to do once once valve and once mm-hmm. uh riot once Res, yeah once all these companies get huge and
1: start making a ton? blizzard once they start making all this money well let's let's uh let's talk about that um let's just Tone back and actually, let's talk about the games. What games that you've heard announced? Do you think are going to be the big ones? Like, there's been a lot announced over the past year. And the crazy
0: thing is, we're moving from first person shooters to MOBAs. Yeah, and MOBAs are are the the thing. We're we're combining them. Like, we're combining them. Um,
1: uh, Paragon. Paragon's a big one. Epic Games, who make Gears of War, is working on a game called Paragon. So it works like Smite, but it's got this really nice, detailed graphics that a lot of I don't know. Hardcore gamers want my it. My friend actually got into the uh, alpha or beta for Paragon. Uh, see, yeah, beta yeah. just started. Beta, it's
0: beta now. Yeah. Um, but he got into the beta for Paragon. What's the other big one that's coming out? Well, we have Overwatch. Overwatch. That's Overwatch. Blizzard. And I would love to Overwatch. sit down and talk about Overwatch a little bit,
1: because I think that's going to be a big one. Oh, really. yeah. It's I already. There's already a competitive scene about that. Well, Blizzard's good about, like, <laughs> it's not even out. I mean, Blizzard yeah. made StarCraft, so they're good about, you know, holding yeah. the esports thing. I mean. Heroes of the Storm it's, Heroes of the Dorm. Yeah, yeah. it's a little wish washy oh, It's a little okay. Yeah. It's like it's a hard game, but it's not. It's like I'm big- not
0: going to lie. I really like Heroes of the Storm, not just because of the game, yeah, but like I just said Heroes of the Dorm like how I quote unquote corrected you. Yeah. That that tournament, imagine getting together with five other college guys and mm-hmm. saying, "All right, we're going to compete in this tournament. We're going to try our best." Then winning the tournament and winning free college tuition. Yeah. You're debt-free like you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about expenses for the rest of college. Yeah. And I thought that was just going to be a one-time thing uh, yeah. cuz cause I cause I tried covering it. Um I got really into it a while back. And then I realized they're doing this yearly.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they're just giving out money. They're like, "Yeah, we have enough. Here you go." And so just, yeah. The target um,
1: audience is like high schoolers and people in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who doesn't want free money? Come on. Yeah,
0: but yeah. I will agree with you. Uh here's the storm. It's like we're we're exiting the more MOBA scene and entering this new scene that we're creating, where it's MOBAs and first person shooters mm-hmm. combined. So I will agree with you, like um, that it it is a little wishy washy, as you said. Yeah. But uh, what's the game that came out? I'm spacing the name right now. Four people fight the one giant monster. Evolve. 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 Evolve? That was I. W- I want to say that that was one of the first games that was mainstream that like yeah. combined it because yeah. you had. Four people that were working together, each uh-huh. had their own class and they were taking down one objective.
1: There was no. there were speedruns for who could do it the fastest. Really? There was competitive speedruns for who could you know do it the that. fastest. That was that was a good game. I I got it was a shame it was, died out so fast. Yeah, but. Oh yeah. no,
0: yeah. No yeah. The the problem with that was there wasn't just enough to do with it. It's
1: kinda like yeah, it's, it's kinda like
0: much. Battlefront now, I kinda wanna say. They're like, yeah. Oh, here's your multiplayer, then they sit back and
1: Well they wanted to do competitive like multiplayer for Battlefront too. Mm-hmm. Or Battlefront also, mm-hmm. but <laughs> It's just not hitting that mark yet. Maybe yeah, we'll get to yeah. it with the, like the DLC and such that's come out, but we're not mm-hmm. quite there yet. But um, Evolve was amazing because it—I don't know—I saw these like speed tournaments where people are like, "Well, which team can take it down the fastest? Who's going to win the cash prize for taking down the monster the fastest? Who's going to do it like the most tactical?"
0: Esports doesn't—and that's crazy. Esports doesn't just have to be these games that are yeah. made by the companies that are specified esports. Yeah, esports is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, people do Legend of Zelda. Uh, 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 speedruns. Yeah. And they they compete with each other. Like, mm-hmm. that may not be it's esport in its own right, but, like, I mean, that may not e- be esport in a big industry, but it's esport in its own right. Cool. Uh, same thing with uh, Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah. Like, yeah. people... um huge. Uh, Syndicate. Syndicate. Yeah. Tom Syndicate. He, he got to the level where he was streaming, and he got to the level where he was playing so much Call of Duty Zombies, and he got such a big following. He was able to Hire an
1: architect to create his own house for himself. That's amazing. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, like, yeah, esports are what you make it. Awesome Games Done Quick every year does that. They do those speed runs, yep. and, like, people hold records. That's the thing about that compared to, like, esports we were talking about earlier. <laughs> those are record-based esports, but they don't have to be labeled like that. What esports came from? Was arcade like tournaments, things like that. And those are just records. I mean, Billy Mitchell was all about like the Guinness Book of World Records to get his record in there. It's all
2: coming full circle.
1: Yeah. And awesome games done quick is the same model applied to today. I mean, esports is all around. It could be anything you want to make from it. But I I want to talk a little more. um, So Blizzard does the idea like they do, you said, um, what was it? Here's a storm. They do the awesome like college tuition and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, All their games, every single one of them, is an esport now, and a lot of companies yep. are starting to adopt this idea. That's well, if we make the game with an esport aspect to it, not multiplayer necessarily. Multiplayer can be overlooked, but esports, like competitive level play in these games, that's how you get your audience. And I feel like Overwatch is being built off that like idea. Mm-hmm. Like, or, yeah, like
2: I, I was gonna say, like a lot of the games that are coming out now have this kind of feel, like in uh, competitive gaming style into it like um especially with Overwatch in mind there's such a there's already teams made about it like I was saying earlier and it's just the idea of competitiveness is the nice thing about it is that it 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 matches for all ages all sorts of people all Mm -hmm. kinds of people anybody with access to the game has a way to compete you know and I think that's the crazy way of growing this huge community even bigger you know, it's like it's not even just competitive gaming, but it's competitive gaming for anybody and everybody rather than, oh, you have to be this tall to play, you know, basketball or, you know, you have to be physically, you know, set in order to be like a linebacker or, you know, you, you can play whatever you want to play and practice, you know, you refine your own skills, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing about competitive gaming, especially with Overwatch, especially it's like they're they're specifically trying to follow this competitive gaming mindset and i think it's they're doing a great great job with it
1: from a game design aspect they're following the idea that there's unlimited play based on the characters that they create each character is unique similar to how most mobas work um it's it's unlike counter-strike source where it's like more based on the weapons and like uh, strategies and things like that but more on like how you play the character and how you play your role properly Mm -hmm. so i I agree overwatch is kind of like Almost this hybrid, like it yeah. almost is the future of what could be considered it like the biggest. It's e-sports. like they're
0: taking Smite to the next level because Smite took it to the next level in terms of skill shot. Yeah, Dota two and League of Legends was mainly click. You just click, 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 yeah. and it's an auto. Like it automatically just hits yeah. wherever you hit. Smite was different because you have to aim where you're yeah. where, where you're shooting. And now this is taking it to the next level because it's taking it from the 3D point. I mean. uh, over-the-shoulder the over point yeah. of view to the first-person point of view, uh-huh. from third to first-person. Now with Overwatch, um, you're going to be playing more like it's a first-person shooter, but the game is designed as a MOBA. So your person or your character um, has to rely on their skills as a character mm-hmm. and your skills as a player. Yeah, mm-hmm. And the nice
2: thing about Overwatch especially... Uh, over specifically over other MOBAs or other games, uh, competitive games, is that um, that you can change your character during the game. So as compared to other MOBAs, it it adds a nice set of variability, variability. That's the word. Like, yeah. you know, variability, variability. Yeah, it adds a nice set of variety. <laughs> Sorry, variety. variety. That's what yeah, I before. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's so much variety to the game that you can change during the game just to adjust your strategy. So that just explodes the amount of uh, competitiveness and strategy that you can like add to a game you know i think and that's that's what was like a defining thing for me when looking at overwatch compared to other mobas like like league of legends where you pick a character you pick a team comp and then you pick a strategy and you build around the team mm-hmm. comp and then you try to beat the other team this one it's you have a team comp and then they choose this team comp, and then you're able to adjust to whatever in order to to your strengths.
1: I wonder cuz Overwatch is being developed like actively with like feedback from users if it's going to be also developed um almost in like a sense that competitive like or competitive understanding. I wonder if they're going to create modes similar to like it's like round based and you can't switch your characters like that drastic. And I feel like they could do that, but one thing I did hear about Overwatch that's really kind of cool is uh so um the LA Times published an article and they hired um, they hired this big uh, ESPN kind of guy that's um going to be working on their eSports unit. Um, Let me see if I can... Right here. Activision Blizzard hires former ESPN and NFL Network CEO to chair the new eSports unit for their division. Like, again, it's these athletes coming in that are starting to run the uh, industry, but Overwatch is the big one. That's the one they're kind of like, this is like the future idea of what high-level competitive gaming might become. And I, I don't know. I, I'm hyped to see what will happen we have a couple months till it comes out. Um, are there any other big eSport games that you guys are kind of like thinking about or hyped about? Um,
0: I'm not really, I would say that I'm kind of hyped about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's, mm, they're kind of following the same thing, I should probably say what it is first. Uh Hi-Ris is developing a game called Paladins. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yes. Um, Paladins is going to be very, very similar to Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm in the beta for Paladins. I've played it a little bit. It's still mm-hmm. a little clunky, but it's early beta. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that it's fun. Yeah. But I, I haven't played Overwatch yet, so I can't really compare the two. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen from both games, and from what I've watched on Twitch, from what I've played on
1: Over-
0: from what I've played on Paladins, uh-huh. and from what I've seen on Overwatch, I feel like they're going to be really really similar games. And Overwatch is getting a larger following, mm-hmm. so Paladins is going to like drop further I guess you could say Mm -hmm. but with that being said I feel like that's happening that that I'm just I'm just now seeing this one example of Mm -hmm. what probably happens more and more in the industry there are games that are similar to other games that get bigger followings Uh but don't but don't get um, as much recognition so uh, another one that I can think off the top of my head is with Diablo uh, yeah. there's Diablo, and then there is another game.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm spacing on it right now. Okay. Um Yeah, but... Are you talking the... about the
1: online one that's, that Valve made? Maybe. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, a lot of these games are starting to fail out, but there's, like, there's way more games in this industry than people most... than people recognize... A few weeks ago, or no, it was a couple months ago. I was watching the Guild Wars Two professional league. Yeah, yeah, there's isn't Guild that funny? Wars it, Guild and Wars Two. It's just it's an MMO, but you know the PVP is huge. So I, I'm not 100 percent sure like where the industry is going to go in the future. Like 10 years ago, we didn't know about v- like we were like, oh, VR existed in like cheap, kind of like devices. But now we're like, hey, did you get your Sony VR? Hey, are you going to get the HTC uh, Vive? And a lot of these games could be designed around that. We're not really sure where the future of esports could go. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing before we close out is I can say esports industry is going to be massive as it grows. It's getting bigger and bigger. I say there'll probably be, I'd say there'll probably be a television network on cable at some point. ESPN just
0: opened ESPN three, and it's going to be really. It's going yep. It's going to be solely based there on eSports.
1: Uh, yeah, called it. Can't believe I yeah. missed that. <laughs> I, I missed that, <laughs> but yeah, there we yeah, go.
0: that that is a that is a thing that's also happening. And that's the crazy amazing. thing. As, as this industry in, industry grows, if you look at it in a micromanaging way, mm-hmm. the companies are growing. So the companies are starting newer branches. They're starting more branches. Pyra's mm-hmm. just opened a branch in um, Europe and a branch in China. Yeah. So- That opens more job possibilities. That opens a new market for people to go into and to be able to get jobs into. Yeah, I was I was uh, I'm in a class here at Ball State, and there was a uh, my teacher was having us go online, having us look into internships Mm -hmm. um, that were solely based on what we want to go into. Well, Mm -hmm. seeing as how I want to go into esports, I looked into that, and amazon is starting e- something with esports i, I think about that yeah yeah i didn't get to look exactly into what it was but i went to go um i don't remember what the website was of course but uh-huh. um, i was looking at, through this website and it was like um job opportunities or internships there was two full pages of amazon uh- you know, e- like a- amazon esports and i was like are you kidding me it's like why can't i be graduated by now yeah, <laughs> like, why like, can't i be
1: there?" a lot of people were just like oh yeah there's no there's no jobs and Video games, uh, yeah. There's a lot of there's jobs coming a ton out. Ton of jobs in yeah. video games. Esports th- is probably one of the biggest ones.
2: Yeah, and the nice thing about that is that we can always, as a generation, we can always just create this esport community, this like uh, competitiveness out of any game, really. Like even Guild Wars too. An MMO mm-hmm. has a competitive scene. Like mm-hmm. wow, has a competitive scene. You know, it, we thought PvP was like, uh, like just a fun thing to do in the MMO itself, but now it's like an actual thing and that's the nice thing about, you know, esports as a whole or games as a whole, is just we it's just gonna keep evolving exponentially, definitely.
1: Yeah, and uh, honestly, I I think it starts here, guys. I think it starts with us. Um, either definitely. whether we be I wanna go into game design and I wanna design these competitive level games or if you wanna go into esports or whatever anybody wants to do, it starts with us and esports is gonna keep growing. A lot of people are starting to go to college and study this stuff, so but we are almost out of time, so I want to thank all of you for listening to this first episode. I want to thank you guys for joining me. We had a wonderful yeah, discussion. For us. Yeah. for um, Next week, I believe we're going to cover collegiate esports and kind of the impact on colleges, like you said, about Blizzard. I'd like to yeah. expand further upon that, possibly get some success, success stories if we can, or hear from other players if possible. Um, yep. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Adam, for joining me. I've been your host, Zach Sexton. And to all of you esport gamers out there, good luck and have fun.